Good morning, everyone. I trust uh, you're well. It's such an honor and privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, even though I'm in the future by half an hour, I can tell you the next half an hour is going to be incredible for you because uh, I'm already there. So uh, what unprecedented times we live in. And uh, it's, it's just we're in this season where uh, anything's possible. And I sort of wanted this morning, uh, in this first session, lay a foundation if I can, because I truly believe God is up to something. If it's an unprecedented time, then we have to ask the question, what are the precedents that God wants to set? What are them things that God wants to um, put into place that we can build on and build with? You see, um, I love seeing architecture. I love seeing what God does in the area of building. But what excites me more than ever is seeing what God does, you know, in the unseen, what God is doing in the foundations. And I truly believe that this is a foundational time. It's a time for us to recognize and realize that, that heaven is up to something. Amen. And so for me in this season, it's, it's not more about what man is doing. It's about more what God is doing. And one of the things I've realized in these last eight months, uh, seven, eight months, is that even though COVID-19 is a reality, the kingdom of heaven is a greater reality. Even though we're in a pandemic, the gospel hasn't changed. The kingdom of heaven, the mandate upon our life has not changed. And I want to declare and decree to you this morning is that the call of God upon your life has not changed. The promises of God have not changed. And this is what I love about God is, is what he says isn't affected by circumstance. It's propelled by covenant. And if he says it, guys, he's going to do it because his word says it doesn't return to him void, but accomplishes. I love that word accomplish. It means that it works in a fortified and a potent way to, to do that which uh, it was set out to do. So I want to declare over your life this morning is that God is still working. There is still a mandate upon your life. The promises of God are still yes and amen. I remember a couple of years ago when um, the oil prices began to change in the world and petrol and fuel went up. And I remember when we were pastoring a church, a, uh, a dear lady came up to me and said, Pastor Gary, you know, what are we going to do? The, the, the fuel prices are going up. You know, the, the gas prices are going up. And my response was this. Faith is a currency that is not dictated to by the economy of man, but by the economy of heaven. You see, the fuel prices don't change my faith, but I'll tell you something, my faith can change fuel prices. And I want to encourage you that we're in a season right now where we have to realize what God has called us to, the mandate that is upon our life, because the gospel hasn't changed. And so I like to say it like this, to dare to dream you've got to wake up. And so I want to encourage you right now as I speak to you that there is an awakening happening in your life. There's an awakening happening in your heart. And I pray that which is dormant right now will come alive. That which is dormant will come to a place of activation because I truly believe God wants us to be a people uh, who are not affected by where we are, but begin affecting where we are. I like to say it like this. If where you are is affecting who you are, you've got a problem. But if who you are is affecting where you are, you've got a purpose. And so in our place of dreaming, in our place of coming alive, 
to the thoughts and the plans and the mandate of heaven, my encouragement to you right now is God wants to build something in your life and he wants to build something on your life. He wants to use you to begin to affect and infect the community and the culture around you. You see, I truly believe we are called out ones. We are people of, of purpose. We're not people of problems. We're people of solutions. And this is what I love about the prophetic. The prophetic is a gift of solution. The prophetic is a gift of breakthrough. The prophetic is a gift that opens up that which has been closed. And so my prayer today, uh, as I speak with you and speak to you, is that God would awaken something, that God would unlock something, that God would cause that which is dormant to come alive because God wants us to be a people of purpose. He wants us to be a people of solution. And that's what I truly believe God is leading us into. Amen? And so let's make this meeting legal. Let's turn to some scripture this morning. If you've got your Bibles, as everyone goes for their devices, make sure we're not on social media, but we're on. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I thank you for what you're releasing in this season. Lord, I thank you for what you're releasing at this time. And Lord, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come. Lord, and unlock to us right now what you're doing in and through us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, guys, this morning, before in the second session, I'm going to teach on unlocking your five senses. But before I do that, I want to really speak into uh, an area that I think is going to solidify and give an undergirding to that. Uh, and so this morning, I really want to speak into renewing our mind. I want us to speak into and look at what it is to renew our mind into thinking heavenly things. I'm going to start with this saying, those who are caught up with heaven don't get caught out with earth, but those who are caught up with earth will be caught out with heaven. And I truly believe God wants to invite us in this season to set our gaze on things above. You know, one of the things I've been encouraged by in, in the last couple of weeks is this, is that most of Paul's writings to the churches, most of our favorite verses, our favorite chapters, actually were written by Paul under house arrest, were written by Paul under a place of uh, prison. And some of his greatest works came out of that place. Now, the question I'm asking myself is this, God, in the middle of this quote-unquote house arrest, this curfew that our dear premier has put on uh, our lives here in Victoria. Guys, you are blessed in Adelaide, but I'm telling you, I feel like Paul this morning speaking from prison um, to the free people. And so I want to say this this morning, God, what are you wanting to speak to me in this season that you couldn't speak to me in any other season? What are you wanting to do in my life in this season that you couldn't do in any other season? You see, when March hit, I remember where I was. I was in Perth. We were launching our school uh, of, of prophets. And so for those that don't know me, uh, me and my wife lead a ministry called School of Prophets where we raise up um, those to represent God's heart and also as well to 
I'm going to use this word to contradict the status quo of prophetic ministry. And so I was in Adel, I was in Perth launching our school and I had a phone call from my wife. Honey, check the news. I turned on the news to discover that the prime minister at that point had began setting an order to shut borders. I, through manner of different things, I got onto a plane and I was able to fly home that night from Perth to uh, Melbourne. It cost me a fortune, but I was able to get home. And on the way over, I began just to pray to the Lord, God, what are you doing in this season? What are you wanting to do in this season? Because I'm not being dictated to by, by the systems of man. I'm going to be drawn by the agenda of heaven. How many people know that God doesn't start pandemics, but he uses them? How many people know that God doesn't you know, cause illnesses, but he uses them? You see, you can't have a miracle without a sickness. God didn't start the sickness, but I'll tell you right now, God will use it to declare and show off his glory, amen? So that the devil doesn't get the final word. And so flying home, I asked this question, God, what do you want to do in this season? And this is what he began to say to me. He said, Gary, in this season, I want you to lean in to learn because what you'll learn in this season, you'll lead in the next. I want you to take your eyes off the systems of man. I want you to take your eyes off what man is doing and I want you to fix your eyes on what I'm doing. And as I began to, to just marry with the Lord in that, I realized that as I was coming into land, the Lord said this to me. He said, Gary, in this season, gifts are not going to make the way fruits are. And I'm like, God, we just launched the school. You know, gift, you know, School of Prophets is all about gifts. What are you saying? And he said, son, this season is not going to be a season of gifts. It's going to be a season of fruit. How you're going to get through this season is not going to be by gifts. It's going to be by fruit. And I began just to dialogue with the Lord. And I realized as I stepped through my door that night, that prophecy wasn't going to reach my son. That, that you know, gifts of healing were not going to reach my wife. But patience was. That kindness was. That the place of, uh, you know, of um, self-control was. These, these fruits of the Spirit that God wanted to establish in my life in this season was the very things that he was doing. You see, you've got to understand something. A lot of times we look at the fruits of the spirit and we think they're antidotes for us to deal with other people. You see, it's like anti-malaria tablets. We think the fruits of the spirit are anti-people you know, uh, stuff. It's not. God doesn't give you the fruits of the spirit to deal with other people. Fruit, God gives you the fruits of the spirit to deal with you. And so I realized in this season, God was wanting to give me kindness. God was wanting to give me patience, not for me to deal with others, but for me to recognize he was doing a work in me. You see, God will do something in you before he'll do something through you. Am I speaking to somebody? And so I realized in this season that I needed kindness for myself, that I needed patience for myself, that I needed the you know love for myself and i realized as i began to cultivate that in my life it caused me to dream unexpected dreams it caused me to dream ways that i've never dreamed why because love casts out fear and so as i began to develop and see the fruits of the spirit in my life what the enemy was throwing at me you see a prophetic word can help you with fear but it's love that casts it out 
Am I speaking to somebody? You see, you can have a healing that's going to help you with your leg, but it's, it's going to be kindness that's going to help you with your heart. And so I realized in this season, what God was doing, he was giving me antidotes to come against the ploys of the enemy of anxiety, of fear, of, of the feeling of, of control, all these different things, shame, all these different things that were coming at me. I realized God was setting me up to overcome, not be overcome. And so you realize in Proverbs 23, 7, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. And so I had to realize that I didn't have to be aware of what was going on on the TV. I had to be aware of what was going on here. You see, sometimes the greatest terrorism in our world isn't what we're seeing in, in the Middle East. It's not even what we're seeing on TV. It's what's going on in our mind. You see, your mind can be the greatest terrorist in your life. But God wants to give you fruits that are going to supersede and overcome anything the enemy throws at you. Because God wants you to dare, dare to dream. He wants you to step into a place of unmeasurable faith and unmeasurable peace that's going to cause you to overcome anything that the enemy throws against you. You see, there's three E's that we are so easily affected by. Our first one is our environment. Like I said, if where you are is affecting who you are, you've got a problem. But if who you are is affecting where you are, you've got a purpose. And so I want to encourage you right now is God doesn't want us to be affected by our environment. Because one thing I can tell you right now, Paul wasn't. Acts, in the book of Acts, it says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas were depressed watching Dr. Phil. It doesn't say that. It says that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Why? Because they were not prisoners of their environment. They were, they were purposed by their hearts. You see, you will always be confined or refined by your environment. You see, I love it that the prison wasn't a place of confinement for them. It was a place of refinement. And this is what I love God was doing, is Paul and Silas were in a place where purpose was driven, driving them, not their prison. And the Bible says they began to pray and sing hymns. Why? Because the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man avails much. You see, I love that prayer isn't a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. Prayer is the core signature of that which God has already agreed to before the foundation of the earth. Let me say that again. Prayer is the co-signature. You see, for every contract, every covenant to take action, for every document to become alive and live in, it needs two signatures. You see, prayer is the core signature of that which has already been agreed to. Why did they praise? Because the Bible tells me that God invades the praises of his people. Where were they? They were in prison. If they were in prison, they were in a place that was contrary to the nature of God. So whenever God finds himself in a place that is contrary to his nature, he has to do something about it. What did he do? He busted prison doors. And this is what I love is God didn't just bust the prison doors. He began with an earthquake. I want to say this to you, friends. When God wants to deal with something in your life, sometimes he does it in the unseen first before he'll do it in the scene. You see, he dealt with the foundations before he dealt with the prison. 
God will always deal with the, the foundations of your problem, might, maybe before he'll deal with the problem itself. But I'll tell you something, it wouldn't be a five-minute fix. It'll be an eternal um, blessing from the Lord. The second E that we're affected by is our education. You see, we've learned things out of intellect where God wants to teach us things through identity. My heart, I tell you, how many teachers have we got amongst us today in the room? Put your hand up. If you're a teacher, put your hand up. One or two, God bless you. You see, my heart is this, is that we would teach through identity that leads to intellect. We wouldn't teach intellect that leads to identity because you can't, you can't um, overcome someone who knows who they are. And this is my prayer. I tell you, if I was a, a teacher, I would want to teach through identity, lay the foundation of identity first, then build on intellect. But what happens in our systems is, is we, we build on intellect and cause people to discover identity. What does it look like to be able to speak into identity and cause intellect to find its place? That's the generation God's looking for. Am I speaking to somebody? And then the third thing we're affected by is our experience. You see, God wants to change your experience. Whatever your experience right now, which is negative, God wants to change it. You see, we have this cycle that happens in our life. We have an experience that leads to a belief. And that belief leads to an expectation. And that expectation leads to a behavior. Let me say that again. We have an experience, 12 o'clock that leads to a belief, three o'clock, that leads to an expectation, six o'clock, that leads to a behavior, which is nine o'clock. Let me share this with you. I remember going out once with a friend and he says, Gary, I want you to try these oysters. I'm like, no chance. My dad, my experience is my dad is allergic to shellfish. Therefore, my experience caused me to have a belief. What was the belief? I'm allergic to shellfish. Did I know that evidentially? No, I didn't. It was my dad was allergic, so I must be allergic. That caused me to have an expectation that if I ate uh, oysters, then I would be sick, which caused me to have a behavior, which was to avoid them. All of a sudden, that friend challenged me. And for those sitting in front of me right now who love food, no one's going to pass up, particularly, let, let's come to Adelaide, Glen Elk. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so Glen Elk there in, in uh, Adelaide, I tell you, some of the best oysters I have tried in Australia. And so, and it was actually there in Adelaide that this actually happened to me. And so we're sitting there in Glen Elk, and this good friend turned around and said, okay, Gary, I want you to try this by faith. I'm like, buddy. I'm going to be sick. He said, who told you that? My dad. He says, how about a different dad tells you something else? You see, a lot of times we live under the experience of the earth instead of living under the experience of heaven. Am I speaking to somebody? And all of a sudden, I took that shell. And as, as I saw him do it, I pulled it back and I dropped it into my mouth. And all of a sudden, the prime rib of the sea was experienced by my mouth. I want to tell you something right now. My experience changed, which changed my belief. My belief changed, which changed my expectation. And my expectation changed, which changed my behavior. Friend, I want to say to you today right now, God wants to change your experience. I don't care. And you know how when I say that? I have empathy. But I tell you, my patience is this thing right now when it comes to what the enemy is whispering to the church. 
our experience God wants to change because I'll tell you, we're becoming disabled Christians instead of enabled ones. Am I speaking to somebody? God wants to invite us into a place of change and experience. Sometimes you have to go up the mountain with Jesus and get a transfiguration of your mind before you can come out in power. Am I speaking to somebody? And so renewed thinking is this. When you feel far from God and are trying to get back to him, remember it's like a fish swimming frantically through the ocean trying to find the ocean. If you're sitting there right now saying, I am far from God, I don't experience God, I don't know if God's for me, I don't know if God's in my life, that, this is what it's like. It's like a fish frantically swimming through the ocean, trying to find the ocean. You have never not been in God. Am I speaking to somebody? And so he wants to encourage you right now that there's nothing can separate you from the love of God. And so dreams, visions, faith, all that he has for your life is there and available to you. It's never left you. Friend, I want to encourage you in this. Is I want to validate we do go through hard seasons. Yes, but Jesus didn't say we wouldn't go through them. He said they wouldn't overtake us. David went through the valley of the shadow of death, but the end of it, there was a table prepared for him. And so we might go through things, but I'll tell you something, they'll never overcome us. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but guess what? I've overcome the world. I like to say it like this. Leadership can be a walk in the park or a walk in the dark. Sometimes it's a walk in Jurassic Park, but it's a walk in the park, amen? And so we have to realize that God has given us uh, and God has equipped us to walk in the park and to walk in the dark. But that's what leadership is all about, that we are ready in season and out of season. And so no matter if your environment, your education, or your experience has, has molded you into a certain way of thinking, my petition to you this morning, Adelaide, Hope Church, my petition to you is that God would give you an upgrade in your thinking. God would renew your mind that you are not affected by what's happening. That we are setting our gaze, as Paul says in Colossians 3, that we are fixing our eyes, setting our mind on things above, not on things of the earth. You see, people say to this to me all the time, Gary, do you know you're restricted? I said, and? Yep, you're curfewed, you're restricted. You know, and I'm like, guys, we're in a dispensation of grace, not law. You see, to focus on restrictions is to have a mind that is lawful. To, to focus on that which you're free in is to have a mindset that is graceful, is loveful, is full of faithfulness and full of God. You see, I don't look at what I'm restricted by, and we see this in Acts again. Paul and Silas, they weren't looking at what they were restricted by. They were looking at what they had freedom in. What did they have freedom to do? Pray and sing. So every morning I get up and I don't look at the news to find out what my restrictions are. I open the word of God to see what my freedom is. Am I speaking to somebody? You see, I can, I can go out for two hours a day. I can sing. I can spend time with my family. And so I'm looking at in this season, what has this season offered me that no other season could? I'll tell you what it's offered me. It's given me more time with my family. 
It's given me the opportunity to see my children grow day by day instead of weekend by weekend. It's given me the opportunity to step into innovation and invitation from God to begin to innovate and learn and lead and find this place of what God is doing in this now day reformation. So dreamers, my call to you this morning is this is don't be restricted by the restrictions, but be freed, be um, invited into a space of innovation. You see, there's a new breed of prophet that's arising that's not going to tell you the future. They're going to create it. And that's what's happening in these days. God is raising up a new breed of people that are not going to just tell you the future. They're not just going to speak about the future. They're going to create it. God is looking for innovators. God is looking for inspirers. God is looking for poets. God is looking for people who are able to create. You see, our words create worlds for people to live in. And so there is a mandate going out right now. No matter what field you find yourself in, there is a call upon your life that God has. There is a call upon your life that God wants for you to step into and see the fullness of what he wants you to do. You see what this world is wanting to do and what the enemy is trying to affect you by is this is he's trying to give you resistance. He's trying to undermine what's happening in your life. But God is asking us to move from resistance to relationship. That instead of repelling, we'll begin to invite. You see, turn to your neighbor next to you and say, I can't do this without you. You may have to shout because you're 1.5 meters apart, but it's okay. I can't do this without you. You see, God wants us to move from resistance to relationship. One of the, one of the agendas right now is to, is to split people. You see, this is what I love. My pastor says this. Yes, we, we might be physically distant, but we're socially connected. We might be physically distant, but we're spiritually connected. You see, resistance, God wants to turn into relationship, that nothing can separate us. Amen? You see, God wants to turn fortitude into friendship. He wants to turn fortitude, that which is, we have this courage and pain. God, I've got to just stuff, stiffen up. I've just got to, you know, suck it up, princess. I've just got to get strong. You see, we're all looking for this courage and pain. I, I call it the Christian Botox. It's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we turn up on Sunday, and it's like, everything okay? And we've got this, you know, we've got this great Christian Botox smile. And God says, hey, I don't want you to have fortitude. I want you to develop friendship. You see, fortitude is courage in pain, but friendship is comfort in pain. God wants us to comfort one another just as he comforts. And so this is what the Lord said to me in this season. He said, Gary, your greatest victory is your vulnerability. It's not going to be in your victory that you're going to find vulnerability. It's in your vulnerability that you're going to find victory. So my encouragement to you right now, as you dream big, as you discover the endless and unmissable opportunities of God, is what is the vulnerability that is going to be your victory? You see, we're not going to reach cities by our victories. We're going to reach cities by our vulnerabilities. When we get real, when we get authentic. Let me share something with you, friends. Last, uh, about three weeks ago, uh, neighbors of mine, I decided, okay, I'm done with this. I am done with restrictions. 
and because I'm not restricted, I am free. And so what can I do to reach my neighbors? Because God said, love your neighbor. Amen. And that doesn't mean jumping on a plane and going to Africa. Love your neighbor is the one that's living next to you. And so I text on my phone to my two neighbors. I said, hey, guys, would you love to grab a beverage at the end of the driveways? So my driveway, the next door driveway, we live in a cul-de-sac, and the other guy's driveway intersect. And so legally and without uh, upsetting any authorities, I can stand on my driveway. My neighbor can stand on his, and the other neighbor can stand on his. And we can legally, uh, without breaking any laws, we can communicate. And so I did. And, you know, we talked about everything and we talked about nothing. The following Friday, one of the neighbors messaged me and said, Gary, can we meet again at the end of the driveway? It was so life-giving. It really set me up for the week. And I said, of course we can. Let's do it. So I get, grabbed a beverage and boom, done the end of the driveway. Well, the following Friday, another neighbor texted and said, hey, can we do it again, guys? It was so awesome. And I said, yeah, let's do that. And so the second time we met, one of my neighbors asked me the famous question, Gary, what do you do? Great question. Now, what do I say? You know, how many of us in the room, when someone asks you what you do, you're like, you think, what am I going to say? Come on, put your hands up. You're like, you know, I'm an international spy. I'm an, I'm, the best answer you can give, because it shuts people up, is philanthropist. Just tell them you're a philanthropist, amen? That is the best answer I've ever given someone, because it just shuts them straight up. It's like, I'm a philanthropist. What do I do? I support the kingdom, amen? And so that's what we do through our tithes and offerings. So we're, we're all philanthropists. And so one of the things we've got to understand is this. So I said, um, and before I could answer, he said this. He said, I've been stalking you on YouTube. Oh, God, what? Yeah, you present really well. There's no, and excuse, excuse my French here, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it as best as I can in a Christian conference. He said, there's no BS in you. You present really, there's, there's something really authentic with what you bring. And so I'm thinking, so afterwards I'm on YouTube looking, put my name in, finding what comes up first. Is it talking about angels and realms and spiritual beings? What is it? And I realized the first one that comes up is friendship with God, how to be a friend of God. And I realized, guys, that is who God wants us to be. He wants us to be a friend of God and a friend with others. So the next Saturday, the next time uh, we met, all of a sudden, one of our neighbors was late. And I said to him, you know, I said to the other neighbor, I said, John, you know, where's Simon? What's, where is he? He said, I don't know. He said he'd be here at 4 o'clock. All of a sudden, by 4.30, he's coming walking up his drive. And you realize he's late. He's just come from work. And he's there with his, um, his polo shirt on, with his, the name of his, his uh, company on. And I said, hey, Simon, what's up? He said, oh, all day. I have been with this guy trying to talk about team development and, and productivity and, and you know, building teams and, and seeing something happen within our company. And the Lord whispered me and said, culture. And I just turned around and said, Simon, what are you talking about? It's culture. And his eyes widened and he said, yes, that's it. That's it. That's what we're looking for. And I said, okay. And as I looked down on his, on his polo shirt, I saw his logo change from the company name, and I saw the number one added to it. So say it was Logitech. 
you know, Logitech Electrical. I saw it going from Logitech Electrical to Logitech One. I said, Simon, can I share something with you? I think the vehicle you're looking for that's going to help you with, with culture is actually going to be Logitech One. One purpose, one team, one mandate. And all of a sudden, John standing next to me hits me on the shoulder and is like, are you doing that seeing thing? And I said, yeah. He said, keep telling him. Keep telling him what you're seeing. And so it was crazy. And so I realized in that moment, friends, I wasn't in a church. I wasn't on a platform. I was on the end of my driveway, and I'm prophesying over my neighbor. Did he, were we in a church? No. Did we have a worship team there? No. Because the kingdom of heaven has not got boundaries. The kingdom of heaven has not got restrictions. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of heaven. Can I get an amen? And so God invited me into the space of realizing he wanted me to move from fortitude of, of setting up boundaries and, and barriers in my life to deal with this, to actually establishing friendship that was going to overcome whatever was happening. Friend, I want to encourage you today in this, is you might find yourself in a space and a place that is opposite to what you're believing. We see this with Gideon. Gideon, in the book of Judges, was, was in a wine press making bread. In a wine press making bread. Now, guys, I'm speaking into Adelaide right now. You're not going to go up to the Barossa Valley and see people making bread in wine presses. Good Lord. You know, that, that, that's an abomination right there. Amen. And so he's making bread in a wine press. When you don't know who you are, what your why is, what your how is, what your who is, where, what your where is and what your when is, you will find yourself doing things in places where they were never designed to do them things. And I think we're trying to do institutional stuff where God never wanted us to have an institution. Amen. We're trying to do church where church was never meant to be done. Amen. And that was an institution. It was meant to be done in every life and in every heart and in every moment that we find ourselves. You see, buildings don't change church. Sorry, buildings don't change people, but what goes on inside them does. Am I speaking to somebody? You see, God doesn't want us to be a people. I'm telling you, there's business people that are listening to me right now. You are banging your head against the wall. But I truly believe it's an invitation of innovation for you right now to step into a mandate of seeing God do things over and above what God is doing in this season. Am I speaking to somebody? You see, God wants us to move from a place of slavery to a place of sonship, from a place of doing things in places that were not designed for them to fully activating who we are and where we are. Friend, what does it look like to reach out to our neighbor? What does it look like for us to encourage, for us to pray for, for us not to get weird and wonderful, but for us to get um, courageous and bold and begin to reach out to those around us? Because, friend, I've got news for you. The world might be locked down, but God isn't. Your state might be locked down, but the gospel isn't. And this is what I love about God is God will use anywhere, anyone, and any way for his, for his kingdom and his love to be expressed. Am I speaking to someone today? 
You see, let me end with this one. God wants us to be a people who love what we do and love who we are. And when you love who you are, you will love what you do. And he wants you to embrace in this season right now the realization that you are not affected by, that you are not restricted by, that you don't find yourself in the prisons of, of circumstances and situations, but you overcome them in the name of Jesus. And so I'd love to pray for you right now. I want everyone to stand if they can. I'm going to pray for you in Jesus' name. I'm just going to grab my water. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to baptize you. It's okay. Wouldn't that be great if I just like threw water at the screen and all of a sudden it comes on you? That, well, that would be a sign and a wonder right now. Every heart and every happening in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that there is no distance. Come on, friends. Let's start just speaking in tongues wherever we find ourselves right now. Lord, I thank you, Father, right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, I thank you for chains breaking all over the room right now where restrictions, Father God, where, where chains have stopped our thinking, our dreaming. Father, where our environments, our education, our experiences cause prisons. Lord, I speak right now, foundation shake. Lord, even let there be a sign of this word right now. Father, that we would see a shaking in the coming days. Father, we thank you right now that there is a shaking of the foundations that are opening prison doors, that are loosing chains, that are causing us not to be a prisoner of our circumstance and our situations, but Father, for us to be, Lord, a free people who free people. Lord, we are a people of the kingdom. Lord, I thank you that we set our mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Lord, I thank you that there is a shift happening right now all across this room, all across this region, that God, people are stepping up and stepping into a freedom they've never experienced before. They are stepping up and stepping into, Lord, a reality they've never had before. I'm telling you right now, friends, being in the spirit is not something of locality. It's that of reality. And my prayer right now is that your reality would shift, that your eyes would be open, that the eyes of your heart would step into a place of maximum gaze in the things of God, that we would be blinded by the sunlight, S-O-N. God, that we would be blinded to the things of this world by the sunlight and that we would see beyond what we see right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for sitting situations and circumstances to serve you, not to hinder you. Father, I thank you right now for situations and circumstances. Paul said, this light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for me a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Lord, I thank you that you are going beyond and being behind right now. Everything that God is setting forth. I see him going beyond and behind enemy lines. I see him going beyond and behind anything that has been set up in your thinking. Friend, I'll tell you right now, God is, God is coming in. He's breaking in to hearts right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.